your show now, press 1. To hear important <clears throat> instructions, press 2. Your show will go live in 5 seconds. 4, 3, 2, 1. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Uh, do I remember how to do this? <laughs> oh, man. I have missed this. And uh, I want to start by apologizing because I know that uh, for a lot of people, podcasts like this and i know this show is live but we have so many more people that listen on the podcast this is part of people's life and i get that it's part of their routine and i'm so excited and privileged to be part of your life and i know it's a big deal when all of a sudden i just stop producing more episodes i've gotten so many emails from people asking me uh what's going on you know why did i uh, stop doing the show uh, what's happening. And for those of you that are not on my Facebook, uh, you may not, you know, have gotten, you know, the full update. So I wanted to start tonight by just giving you an update on my life. Uh, what's going on? You know, I was doing this. This show is my fifth, I think, or sixth uh, variation on this show, which I started really actually in 1989, I think was the first show. And then there was also a television show. But uh, this is um, it was it was a really tough situation. And I want to tell you the whole story. So this show started uh, seven and a half years ago, going on eight years ago. And I was on a radio network. And then it was uh, a little over two years ago. I separated from the network and just decided to go independent. So this show has been going for years and then boom, all of a sudden in April stopped doing the show. And uh, I put out um, a lot of information on Facebook, but if you're not on my Facebook, uh, you may not know. And so I want to start by giving people an update here. Uh, unfortunately, uh, after my 35 year marriage, my wife made a decision in April to file for divorce and, um, you know, I don't want to use this show as a platform to air my dirty laundry or talk negatively about my wife or any of the circumstances. I just want people to know uh, that my wife has filed for divorce and it was a very difficult thing for me to deal with. I was very depressed. I was just honestly, emotionally not able to get to this microphone and do this show. So I just made a decision to take some time off, and that's what I did, and I think it was the right decision, uh, but I'm back, and uh, how is the show going to be different going forward? 
Well, right now I'm in the process of trying to hire a booker, a producer, uh, to help me with uh, interacting with the guests. I don't have a producer right now. So you're looking at the whole staff right now. Uh, Jim Paris Live is Jim Paris. And so there may not be any guests for a few weeks until I get a booker and a producer in place, um, which, you know, it's not a big deal because we do have our regular guests, but there's got to be somebody on my team that reaches out uh, to the guests, coordinates the dates and the times and emails people reminders and all of that kind of thing. It's got to be done. So I'm in the process of looking for someone to do that. It's going to be a very part-time position. So if you're a listener and you're interested in doing something like that, you don't need any experience in radio. I will help you to get started. And uh, it'll it'll be you know a little a little uh, you know side income for somebody and um, looking for somebody to do that, and uh, then we'll be back with the guests you know in a few weeks. But I'm gonna keep doing the show. In the meantime, it'll be just me. We'll go a little bit longer than our normal news segment so that I can get to a few more topics because we don't have a guest. And uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, what's interesting about getting divorced is a lot of people have reached out to me that have been through it. I never thought I was going to go through uh, a divorce, especially after a 35 year marriage. Never, never crossed my mind, but it has happened. And uh, people have reached out to me and said, it's not the end of your life. You're still young. You're only 57. You've got your whole life ahead of you. And uh, I've I've gotten so many wonderful emails. Friends here locally have invited me out to dinner and coffee and told me how they were able to move on after their divorces, even find new relationships, uh, all of that. So it's it's been a journey. It, it really has been a journey. And, uh, you know, I do have my down days, but I'm feeling really good right now. And I wanted to to get back. Uh, and so I think of all the things I do, this is the one thing that I think God wired me to do the most. And, uh, honestly, uh, get a little bit emotional here, but, um, I really did miss it. I really did miss coming to this microphone and I know we have a connection. Those of you that listen on a regular basis, um, you, you email me, we chat on Facebook and, um, I love doing it. I love doing the show. Speaking of Facebook, I should mention this real quick before we get into tonight's news. Uh, I just did hit the 5,000 friend limit on my personal page. So that's kind of good news and bad news. The good news is I have 5,000 people. I just hit the maximum on my personal page. The bad news, I can't take any more personal friends. So I do have the option of converting that page to what's called like a fan page, but I don't want to do that because I really like the dynamics of the regular personal Facebook page where I can like pictures of your baby and <laughs> all of the things that's that are going on in your life. I can wish you happy birthday, but I can only do that for 5,000 people. So the backup plan is we do have a page that has unlimited uh, options, you know, unlimited openings for you to follow, which is the christianmoney.com page, which if you go to Facebook and type in Christian money, you'll find that page. And almost everything I post on my personal page, I also share to my Christian money page. So that's uh, kind of the other option uh, that we have. Uh, this in today, which was really sad if you're an NBA fan, NBA legend Bill Russell, uh, it was announced today that he passed away at the age of 88. 
Uh, so our condolences to his fans and especially to his family. And the other big thing that has uh, happened with me personally is I decided to get back into the mortgage industry. And what's interesting is right around the time that uh, I really got involved with social media was the time that I left the mortgage industry. So a lot of people don't even know about my background, that I do have a background other than financial planning, which people know that, uh, that I do have a background of years in the mortgage field, also in the real estate field, also in the insurance field. I, I part owned a mortgage firm uh, for several years as well in Daytona Beach. So a couple of months ago, just kind of looking at my circumstances with the divorce and everything that's happening, I made a decision that this would be a good time uh, for me to get back into the mortgage industry. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, right now, the way that it's set up, the way that my licensing and everything is set up is I can actually work with you personally. If you're in Florida, I can actually work with you. So if you uh, private message me on Facebook or drop me an email, Jim at christianmoney.com, uh, we can connect on the phone and I can do your mortgage for you here in Florida. I'm doing residential, um, you know, obviously, you know, your principal residence, but I'm also doing investment properties for people, commercial properties, uh, construction loans, even reverse mortgages. I can do all of that in Florida. And then in the other states, so in 48 states, uh, outside of Florida, there's 47 states uh, that we can work with you in by referral. So I do have other people that work with me that are licensed in all the other states except for two. We're not in two of the states, but we're in every other state. So in 47 of the other states in the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, I can still talk to you and then I can hand you off to uh, someone on my team. But I am in the process of getting licensed in a lot of other states where I know that there's a lot of people that that follow me. Uh, examples being Illinois, uh, Texas, California, Ohio, Tennessee. So those are states that I will be adding. And um, I'm sort of uh, taking my financial planning approach to the mortgage industry. And the other thing I'm doing is if you follow me on Facebook, almost every day now I'm posting little videos, uh, just educating people on the world of mortgages, uh, all of the different things you can do now with mortgages. And man, has it changed since I was in the industry. I, I left the industry in 2009 and so much has changed really for the better. Uh, there's so much more technology. It's, it's, it's like a paperless business now. Everything is point and click, electronic signatures, and uh, the ability to, to shop out mortgages. I can literally go to hundreds of lenders to find the right program and the best deal uh, as well. So uh, feel free to uh, get in touch with me. Uh, my website here in Florida is floridamortgageadvice.com, or you can send me an email or a private message uh, if you'd like to talk about mortgages. Well, in the news uh, this week, we're officially in a recession. So if you never studied economics, what this means is that for two quarters in a row, the economy actually shrank. So that is the textbook definition of a recession. There are a lot of people on the left now arguing about it, trying to uh, kind of come up with a different 
a different uh, idea of what a recession is. Oh, this isn't really a recession. Maybe by textbook standards, maybe technically speaking, it's a recession, but it's not a real recession. Uh, it is a real recession. <laughs> and I think it was even longer uh, than the last couple of months, last couple of quarters, uh, two quarters in a row uh, of negative growth is a recession. We're in a recession and uh, a lot of people are hurting. And I, I think even more than the slowdown in the economy, the worst part is the inflation. And I continue to hear from more and more people that are struggling with just the basics, just going to the grocery store to buy groceries, going to buy gas. And by the way, I thought it was interesting, very fascinating that uh, my local gas station, which is like two blocks from my house, I had to stop on my bicycle the other day and take a picture because it just dropped below $4 a gallon. So it's at 3.99. And I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but I'll tell you this, if if gas like gets back down to $2 right before the election, I'm going to have a hard time not uh weaving some kind of a conspiracy theory into that. But that always happens. Uh, right before the election, if you follow this, uh, the, the price of gas will drop substantially right before elections. I'm not sure we're going to get back down to a couple bucks, but man, it's it's strange to be excited <laughs> about three dollar and ninety nine cent gas. Uh, but when it, when it was almost five bucks and now it's less than four dollars, even by a penny, uh, that's something to be excited about. Uh, so getting back to mortgages a little bit here, uh, this is my next news story, which is that the 30 year mortgage, which had had really jumped uh, a lot of people, you know, were, were looking at six percent. Uh, rates even higher, you know, depending on how much money you put down, what your credit score is, how much you're borrowing, what loan program you're doing. Uh, but what's exciting here is, is this week now, uh, rates have dropped back down. Uh, so we're getting back down close to 5%, which, which I know is not 3%. I know it's not 4%. A lot of people have those, those mortgages. Uh, but 5% historically is a pretty darn good, uh, mortgage rate. And uh, if you have, uh, you know, a mortgage right now that's at a, a lower interest rate, obviously you want to keep that. One option to look at is a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. That's where you leave the first mortgage alone. Then you just simply put another mortgage in place on top of that mortgage. And you could do that in the form of a home equity line of credit. And that's something I did a little bit of a, I did a little video on that, put it on Facebook this week. And that's another type of mortgage that uh, we can help you with if you want to get in touch with me. Um, but uh, it's, it's not a bad time uh, to buy a house. Uh, you know, I get it. If you've got a 3% or a 4% mortgage, probably you don't want to get rid of that. Uh, but if you're, if you're looking at opportunities to buy right now, sometimes people have to move or maybe you were in a lease you couldn't buy and now you have a chance to buy 5% is not a bad rate. And then, you know, down the road, two, three years down the road, you could always uh, refinance and get a better rate. Uh, somebody said this to me this week. They said, you're, you're marrying the house, but you're dating the rate. So don't walk away from the opportunity to buy a house just because rates are a little bit higher right now than what they've been. Uh, rates are still not bad uh, historically. Uh, so, you know, don't don't rule it out. And, and, and I say that a lot to people because if you're renting, I've seen some articles recently projecting where rent is going to be uh, in the next two, three years, five years. And man, in five years, some of the uh, things I've seen is that rent could be 50 to 75% higher than it is right now in some cities. 
Uh, so if you think rent is high right now and unaffordable, wait till you see where rent is in three to five years. And uh, the solution to that is obviously to buy. Even if you have a mortgage payment that's a little bit higher than what you're paying right now in rent, uh, the idea of being able to lock that in and avoid where rent is going to be in three to five years is something uh, certainly to think about. This story I thought was odd. So uh, the president, President Biden, uh, what was it about a week and a half ago? It was announced that he got COVID. Then it was announced, uh, what, three, four days ago that he was COVID free. And now they just announced that he has COVID again. And um, I just find this odd because, uh, number one, he's, he's obviously probably vaxxed and boosted. Uh, but I, I'm starting to get really skeptical about the COVID testing, just wondering how this can happen where somebody could be positive and then be negative and then right away be positive again. I don't know. Something just doesn't seem right about that. And obviously he's the president of the United States. So you would think there's probably the very, very best testing that you could do. Um, just seems odd to me, but, uh, that in the news, uh, Biden, uh, isolating again, uh, with COVID for a second time, uh, in just, uh, a matter of a couple of weeks, this story I thought was interesting and odd, uh, from a number of different angles, uh, China, I don't know if you saw this, but China threatened to shoot down Nancy Pelosi's plane if she visited Taiwan. So this was apparently some kind of a, a big brouhaha in terms of uh, diplomatic relations. So there is this game that we play, which is that China wants to pretend that Taiwan is still part of their country, but yet allows them to have a certain amount of independence. And then we pretend that Taiwan isn't part of China, but then we also kind of tiptoe around these different protocols where we don't want to recognize Taiwan in too, I guess, overt of a way as being independent uh, to avoid any type of problem with China. Uh, so apparently this is a major issue if a high-ranking U.S. politician visits Taiwan, because what that does is it sort of publicly then uh, gives them the stamp that they are independent. And so there was talk for the last few weeks that Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, was going to visit Taiwan on this trip that she has to Asia. Uh, but in the last few hours, it has been updated in the news that Pelosi has removed or, or it's not been listed on her itinerary that she will be making any such stop in Taiwan. Uh, but China took this to such a level that they actually said they would shoot down Pelosi's plane if she visited Taiwan. I thought that was bizarre. I mean, I get this whole idea of these diplomatic uh, red lines that China doesn't want us to cross, but that's that's pretty amazing that they'd be willing to start a world war, which is what that would have obviously done if they had shot down uh, Nancy Pelosi's plane. Uh, fascinating. And then this in, uh, the Democrats have just floated a new plan that with the recession, uh, with inflation, everybody's trying to survive, to buy gas, to buy groceries. People are still, you know, dealing with all the problems from COVID. A lot of businesses are, are still not back to where they were. A lot of businesses have closed. Uh, the Democrats have decided this would be a great time 
to add 87,000 new IRS agents. I'm not kidding you. They want to add 87,000 new IRS agents uh, at this point in time. And um, I have to tell you, could timing be any worse? Uh, I mean, is this, should this be the number one priority of our government uh, to be putting more IRS agents on the streets? 87,000 new IRS agents are proposed. Uh, this is a scam uh, that I want to tell everybody about. And it's not just limited to this uh, so-called Amazon scam. And Amazon isn't the one scamming you, but the scammers try to present that they are from Amazon. But this is becoming more popular that uh, you're going to see a lot more of this in the future of texts that are scams. So you get a text on your phone and I think different than email, I think a lot of us are already smart enough to know that emails have a lot of scams. And so when we get an email saying click here or give your password or reset your password, I think we're most of us are at the point, 99% of us, that we're not going to fall for that. But the same tactics are working on texting. The same tactic, which is you get a text and it says, click here. Uh, this is Amazon. You bought this product and, and you need to verify your purchase. Somebody's trying to get into your account. Click here and log in. And the same tactic that is not working on email for most of us actually works on most of us when it comes to a text, including me, because I have almost fall. I am almost, I have almost uh, fallen victim to this myself a couple of weeks ago because you get a text and it looks legit. You click on it and it takes you to a website that looks like Amazon and you think it's your Amazon account or you click on it and it takes you to your bank account, or at least it looks like your bank account. So it's really easy to fall into this trap. Uh, but the latest one, I guess that has really been picking up steam is tricking people into clicking on a text by a scammer that tricks you into giving up your Amazon username and password. And then Katie bar the door. Once they are in your Amazon account, they can start ordering all kinds of stuff and uh, shipping it to who knows where. Uh, so that is something to watch out for. So bottom line here is use the same common sense and have the same skepticism about texts that as you would have about an email. Got to take a little break there to get a sip of coffee for those of you listening only on the audio. And this story uh, came in about uh, Ted Haggard. I have to tell you, um, I don't know. Um, I've got mixed feelings about Ted Haggard. I mean, on the one hand, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I get it that what this guy has done in the past is horrible, uh, but he's a human being and we all make mistakes and, you know, I don't know, you know, his, this guy's personal life and all that he's going through. And I certainly don't want to be, uh, the one, you know, to pass judgment on him, but it sounds to me like he definitely should not be in leadership because there's another story in it. And I want to emphasize, this is just an allegation. Of course, everybody knows about Ted Haggard's past and former president of the, uh, uh, uh of the NRB, uh, he is also a, um, you know, very influential, uh, mega church pastor, uh, in the past. And, um, Pe uh, Ted Haggard, 
accused of inappropriate male touching and drug use in, in new ministry. And let me see if I get this right. He wasn't, was he president of the NRB? I want to double check this because I don't think it was the NRB. Maybe it was. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he was a former president of the National Association of Evangelicals. Uh, that's what it was. Not, I'm sorry, not the NRB. My apologies to the NRB. But the, the, the whole Ted Haggard scandal that happened years ago in Colorado Springs appears to be sort of, uh, you know, being recycled again. Very similar allegations uh, against Ted Haggard in his new ministry. This is from Christian Post. I'll read just a little bit of this to you. Some 12 years after starting Colorado-based St. James Church in a defiant comeback from a 2006 sex scandal involving illicit drug use and a male prostitute, former National Association of Evangelicals president Ted Haggard has been accused of inappropriately touching at least two young men and illicit drug use in his new ministry. Uh, so that coming in this week. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's true or not. If it's true, it's sad. And uh, pray for Ted Haggard because, you know, none of us are perfect. And uh, I hate to see the guy going through all of this again. Uh, but if it is true, you know, he probably should just not be in, in, in leadership. It's sad because a lot of these men, they have so many great traits for leadership in the church. They're great speakers and teachers and leaders in so many ways. But then they have these issues that really disqualify them for leadership. And uh, that may very well be the case with Ted Haggard with these new allegations. And I do want to just emphasize that these are allegations and they're unproven. Uh, there's another story being floated that President Biden is getting ready to cancel student debt. And I thought this one was especially interesting because it says it's going to include the parent plus loans. And also uh, when, for example, grandparents have co-signed those kind of situations as well. So it sounds like this whole idea of student loan forgiveness is not only still on the table, but even beyond that, it looks like it's gone uh, to a, a greater extent in terms of who would actually get the loan forgiveness. And uh, I thought this was a brilliant political move. I mean, can you imagine right before the election, a few weeks before the election to go ahead and forgive all of these student loans? Can you imagine? Uh, talk about vote buying. Uh, people are going to love that. And I'm not endorsing this. I'm just simply pointing out the fact that if people get their student loans forgiven, uh, they're going to be happy about that. And that's probably going to get a lot of people to vote uh, for the Democrats if they get rid of their student loans. Uh, there's a lot of egregious stories. We've had our friend Alan Collins on the program to talk about uh, student loans and, and, and all the problems with student loans. Uh, but this is controversial. Anytime I post this on my Facebook about student loans being forgiven, uh, I get all kinds of backlash from people uh, saying, no, student loans should never be forgiven. People borrowed the money. They should pay it back. And there's all kinds of things that people will post. And the one I think is the greatest point is what do you do for the person that got student loans? Then they paid those student loans back. And now they're going to see everybody else getting forgiven. And maybe they sacrificed for years, didn't go on vacations, didn't get a new car. 
didn't live the lifestyle that they otherwise could have because they buckled down and paid back their student loan. I mean, what about that person who now looks at everybody else getting student loan forgiveness? Maybe they should get a check back for all the money they paid. Maybe that would make it fair. I don't know, but uh, this is back again. Uh, this is being floated again. And, um, this story, um, it's odd because nobody really, nobody really knows what happened with this, but a North Carolina pilot, uh, died this week after he mysteriously jumped or maybe what people think, uh, happened was he fell from an airplane, uh, in midair. And I'll read a little bit of this to you. It says a North Carolina pilot died under mysterious circumstances. Friday officials said Charles Crooks, age 23, uh, was one of the two people on board a small 10 person plane Friday and uh, it landed with just one person. Uh, And so um, it says he either jumped or fell from the plane midair without a parachute. And uh, this is still being investigated. Uh, Very, very strange. It says his body was found later that evening uh, in the woods um, uh, behind a residential area. And uh, they still don't know what happened. Uh, I mean, you think they would know what happened. I mean, uh, obviously there was a pilot and the pilot didn't die. The pilot landed the plane and they're not telling us what the pilot's story is. But uh, somehow a guy either fell from or jumped from a plane uh, and died. And it's, it's still kind of an unsolved mystery right now. And um, this last story we'll get to tonight. I did not know this, but uh, Sylvester Stallone, of course, most famous for his Rocky movies. He does not actually own the rights to those movies, even though he actually wrote the script for those movies uh, and obviously starred in those movies He does not own the rights to those movies. And I continue to see stories where he is uh, publicly posting, in particular on Instagram, going after the people that own the rights to the Rocky movies, demanding that they do something, work something out to give him and his family some percentage of the rights back. Uh, And uh, you, you hear this more and more about people losing the rights uh, to their, uh, you know, to their, uh, you know, whether it be recording uh, works or to movies, these kinds of things. And uh, Sylvester Stallone is the latest uh, person. I never knew this, that uh, Sylvester Stallone did not own the rights uh, to his movies, but he's uh, trying to make a public appeal maybe to kind of embarrass uh, the people that own the intellectual rights uh, to give the rights back or at least give a percentage back to him and his family. It is interesting because you see this with a lot of uh, this happened with a lot of the very famous jazz artists where all of their recordings over years and years and years, they they sold the rights or they got paid rights in one lump sum where they were never able to really collect uh, the rights in the future. And after they died, their estate uh, did not get any uh, benefit from all of their life's work. All right. That's all we've got for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to be back with you. God bless. I'm so glad to be back. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.